You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events to get free and periodic updates to this program and our other interesting programs. Be sure to enter your email address in the subscribe to WHTT box on the right side of our website, WHTT.org. And now, ready, set, let the sparks fly. Hi, this is Tom Compton. Today's WHTT Speaks Out. We're going to be talking with Chuck Carlson about a subject that we have visited a number of times. It's public banking. And there seems to be new developments in the public banking arena. There is more public awareness of this. So there are some good signs. So, Chuck, why don't you tell us What's going on in public banking? Okay, Tom, thank you. For the benefit of our listeners and readers, the first public banks to ever be created in the U.S., at least in modern U.S. times, I should say, was by the largely farmer-dominated state of North Dakota in the Depression years of 1936. Things were really bad on the farms. Repossessions were heavy. Farm prices went to almost nothing. Farmers didn't go hungry because they could eat their own crops, but they went broke left and right. Uh, The farmers in North Dakota revolted against the foreclosures that were going on, and they, believe it or not, started their own bank that was owned by the state of North Dakota called the Bank of North Dakota. That bank is still operating. And I had a discussion with one of the managers of it uh, this week in preparation for this program. Now, let me say that We Hold These Truths follows the path that we found out for ourselves that is independent of our subject tonight. We follow the path of trying to help misguided church-going Americans to understand what God really said and what God is really expecting of them from his writings. And we have gone challenge many churches all over the country. And specifically, we talk about all the scriptures that are distorted by national and international forces on purpose. And we've challenged this idea of Zionist-leaning churches all over again. Well, The subject that we're talking about tonight is really about the Zionist-leaning banks and the international powers, probably the same powers that have tampered with our churches and bent our minds against our wills and against our better judgments in a lot of cases. We're talking about these same forces functioning within the banking system. So that's why we're bringing up this subject now. The issue of something that happened very recently was that the state of California has just passed within their legislature, and as I understand from the announcements, it is law that the state of California is going to set up the second bank owned by a state in the United States. So we've gone from tiny North Dakota starting something in 1936 to giant California following North Dakota's example 90-some years later. 
it's taken that long. There is an organization that has spearheaded this, the Public Banking Institute. Uh, they are working in all over the country trying to create these banks, and we're going to explore a little bit tonight of why they're doing it and what this has in common with what we do with the try to do with the churches. So this legislation in California was actually signed into law about 10 days ago, and all signs of it in the media and press disappeared within 24 hours. This is a big event, nationally, internationally, state of California. It should have had press for weeks. There should have been great exploration to see just exactly what went on, what went on in the legislature of California, but we saw nothing like that. And in fact, I haven't seen another story about it since, at least not in any mainstream publication. Uh, there's going to be lots written about it in organizations like ours. Now, the Los Angeles City Council President, Herb Wesson, announced that he will introduce a motion within the week to hire a banking expert to draft a comprehensive plan for a public bank for the city of Los Angeles. And the San Francisco Chronicle reported that San Francisco was also pushing ahead with a plan for a city-owned bank. Now, the reason for this is the monopolistic activities by the foreign-controlled Central Bank of the United States called the Federal Reserve System. And that is something that has been going on since 1913, or actually it was going on long before that as the effort to take over the American banking system goes back to earlier dates, at least to 1836. So the idea of getting control over the U.S. banking system started almost at the same time as our republic became a republic. Uh, the Bank of England was already existed at that time, and uh, the powers that be in England the, uh, had created the Bank of England as a privately owned bank that was working toward controlling all money transactions within England. And uh, they soon did accomplish that. Now, who actually controls the money supply in the United States is the question. And to know and to understand who does this, who is actually controlling the money supply, we have to look at what people say who are running the Federal Reserve System, because we say that the Federal Reserve System is running the system. We also say that the Federal Reserve System is owned and controlled by foreign interests these are foreign banking interests, and that uh, it is actually a foreign corporation with American frontage, making it look like it's somehow American and that it's somehow a public organization when in fact it's totally owned by the powers of predominantly foreign governments in England, the Central Bank of England, and the Rothschild interests there. Uh, this system, in order to understand it, we would ask the question, 
who has the right to create money in the United States? Under what constitution that they have that right? And the answer to this is the powers to create money were specifically given to the Congress of the United States in the Constitution. It's entirely left to the Congress. What happened in 1913 is the Congress succumbed to the pressure of its day and they conferred this power to create money onto the Federal Reserve System, which was a newly created organization in the United States at that time. Uh, now to whom Congress uh, thus delegated the power to create money to a banking system. And this system began to then manufacture the money and the currency and the checkbook money that we use, which was instantly available to make purchases and pay bills. None of the other financial institutions in our country have the power to manufacture money. So the questions that we would ask right away is, number one, who owns the Federal Reserve Bank? And the Federal Reserve has been asked this question, and here's what they say. The Federal Reserve, this is an official statement uh, that you can find that, we'll, that we will offer and, sh and, and disclose. The Federal Reserve System is not owned by anyone. Can you imagine a banking system that has $4 trillion in, in resources that is not owned by anyone? How naive would one have to be to believe that there is a system like that that does not have owners who look after its affairs? Of course, as I said, the Federal Reserve was created in 1913 by uh, the Federal Reserve Act to serve as the country's central bank. But the Board of Governors, of course, insists that nobody controls it. What they say is the Federal Reserve Bank is an agency of the federal government, and therefore owned by the federal government, I suppose they say, though they say, of course, it's owned by no one. Congress does not claim to own the Federal Reserve Bank. Now, if you look at the charters of the newly created 2B, Bank of California, you'll see that it makes statements about the Federal Reserve System, and we'll have to wait to see how the Federal Reserve System is played out and whether the newly created Bank of California will actually allow the Federal Reserve Bank to get in the door. But the organization that has created the movement for central banking states in their bylaws that the central bank of the United States is privately owned and controlled. The Federal Reserve Bank simply lies about who owns it and pretends that it is a government agency. So we are then going to be writing in the future about the newly created Bank of California and possibly about the banks in Los Angeles, the Bank of Los Angeles, and possibly the Bank of San Francisco, depending on how they do. We know that this is going to be a bitter fight and that we should be hearing about it all the time because the owners of the Federal Reserve System, these giant international banks that own the Federal Reserve System, are not going to give up 
on this issue. They will be fighting tooth and nail to prevent California from creating a bank like the Bank of North Dakota. And of course, you have a vastly different population in California, vastly different than the predominantly farmer organization in North Dakota that created the Bank of North Dakota. So we will be following this and looking into it and focusing on it. And in this program, we wanted to call your attention to the fact that this has been done and that you probably didn't know it and you probably didn't even read it in your local newspapers. That's how much power there is to prevent the creation of public banking. Of course, the Bank of North Dakota has been accused of being socialistic because anything the government owned is supposed to be socialistic. However, the owners of the Federal Reserve claim that they are controlled and owned by the United States. So the known monopoly already pretends to be owned by the government. We will be focusing on our own issue, and next week we will be talking about issues that are close and dear to our hearts, uh, this being uh, having to do with well-oiled and well-organized large organizations that are and have infiltrated our churches, our mainline churches, as well as the dispensational, or in some cases even called Christian Zionist churches, and which teach distorted biblical truths, truths that are truths in the Bible, and which they distort in their presentation to their listeners. These organizations are extremely powerful. They are changing the way the churches think by undermining the membership. They're extremely clever and careful about the way they go about it. It almost looks like they're owned by the same people who own the Federal Reserve Bank and the other central banks of the world. This is going on within our churches. And for those of us who go to mainline or traditional churches that are not Zionist-controlled and operated and don't claim to be dispensational, we have these same infiltration, if we may call it infiltration, going on in our churches. We're going to be discussing that next week, and Craig Hansen will be back with us and will assist in bringing this uh, subject forward, and it will be one of the first times that this has been media discussed. Okay, thanks, Chuck. I just would like to uh, remind people that just a little over a year ago, we interviewed one of the uh, people involved in the, it was called the Public Bank LA campaign. And so they obviously have been working very busily. The gentleman we interviewed, Phoenix Goodman, is in the program entitled A Public Banking Revolution is Headed to Los Angeles. And so we'll include that in the notes here of the program. So it is encouraging to see that there are some efforts to start these public banks because as we've discussed on a number of programs, the chief mechanism for financing these serial wars that are perpetrated by the United States is through the mechanism of the Federal Reserve System and we'll include some references uh, to those uh, programs that discuss that particular aspect. and. Also, 
the fact that so many of the evangelical Christians that we challenge who are Christian Zionists support these wars, particularly if they're protecting Israel in the Middle East. So it all kind of goes in a round circle, if you will, Chuck, and thank you for this, this program. You're absolutely right, Tom. And the warring system is part of the whole Federal Reserve System. And of course, you can imagine that the North Dakota farmers would not allow their bank to be involved in funding some war in a foreign country. You can well imagine even that the state of California, vast population, probably would not want their state deposits. And uh, this is what happens. The state's taxation money and their other uh, money that the state owns, instead of being uh, banked with Wells Fargo or someone like that, it is banked in the local city bank or the state bank of California. So the enormous tax money that's taken in by California will go into that bank and uh, it will probably earn interest instead of uh, being more or less free. So this is the kind of thing that's being discussed and we take our hats off to these people that have struggled so hard to do this. And it's not too different from what we're trying to do when we influence the churches, except that there's money involved in the banking system. And where we go, there's no cash involved. Thanks for listening. If you like this program, please let your friends know about it and our other thought-provoking podcast. And be sure to visit our website, whtt.org, for a wealth of information on Christian Zionism and other critical issues that we face. Also at whtt.org, you can watch for free our award-winning documentary film, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1.